When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is November 1st. Today was the NFL trade deadline. We got some big moves. We got some moves that we didn't have happen that we wanted to happen. Last night was trick or treat. Really felt like we got tricked on some of these trades today that didn't happen. Also, we get to listen to everybody argue about when Christmas music is officially about to start to be played or supposed to be played. And myself and Eric Bynfor are going to give you the mid-season best ball awards. Eric, 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 we were sitting here waiting for certain trades to happen today (laughs) and waiting. And I'm now hoping that the trade deadline got moved to four o'clock Western time (laughs) because the hell are you doing, Browns? How are you not trading one of these running backs? Get them out of there. Everybody else got traded today. You couldn't trade Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson. I can't believe it. I can't. Uh, I can't believe it. The Naheem Hines bags might have got might have got saved. I don't know. We'll see. All right, I'm pissed about be. that too. So these guys that are drafting Naheem Hines in the off season, <laughs> like, oh, Naheem Hines is going to be a great pick. Blah 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 blah. No one's talking about how much of an abject failure that was for the first horrible. eight weeks. He finally and scored a touchdown, and it didn't matter because every other running back had like thirty fantasy 30 points, points this week. <laughs> And now these clowns are getting bailed out because he gets traded, you know, to one of the better offenses in the league. Yeah. And I and I have to like sit here and just be like, my process was right. I knew he wasn't <laughs> going to be the guy. But yet these slappies are getting bailed out with this trade. And I'm really stressed out <laughs> about sounds, some of this. It sounds like it sounds like you are you are stressed out like any good award show. There's always an, uh, a soliloquy at the beginning and today's the perfect day to uh, tilt about the, the trade deadline. But I do think it was a fun. It was fun. I mean, I, yeah. the only thing, honestly, that I, I, the, the either hunt or Dearness getting traded was the one thing that didn't happen that I'm like mad. I'm like actually mad about that. I, I it makes no sense. The Browns, and, and I understand maybe they think like, okay, they won yesterday, so they can like make a run or something, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, if that's the case, trade Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Like, even if it was somebody, somebody in the Discord was rightfully saying like, yeah, but look, a lot of these running backs aren't really bringing back anything in terms of value. I'm like, yeah, but he's a free agent after this year. It doesn't matter if you're getting a seventh, a seventh round pick is more than zero picks. 
right? It's like a $5 bill is more than zero, uh, you know, more than nothing in your pocket. Is right. it great? You know, are you like, Oh my God, it made my day. I got $5. No, it's, but it's more than zero. And so you should, what they have Jerome Ford, who they spent a freaking fourth round pick on and they have a superstar in Nick Chubb. And if they were really intent on keeping hunt, then trade Dearness Johnson. It doesn't make sense to keep both of those guys. They're both expiring contracts. They're probably both gone in the off season. So at least trade one of them, whichever your view is, they, they shouldn't be going for it. First of all, which is probably the actual real issue. They should just trade hunt because they're not going to win the super bowl with the, the bills and chiefs and stuff in the AFC. Either way, even if they want to go for it, that's fine. Then you you should be trading Darius Johnson. So that's the only one that didn't happen that um, I'm like truly upset about. I guess we could have like wished for some other stuff. Like I definitely didn't. Uh, I definitely didn't draft Brandon Cook, so I don't give a shit that he didn't. Get, like I don't care that he didn't get traded. Um, yeah, most of the others didn't get traded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's dust on the Texans, so at least we can't get. Ba- you know, if he got traded yeah. to the Chiefs or something, we would have been screwed. Um, but I think it was fun. Like the Hawkinson thing, I did not foresee. I actually didn't foresee when we woke up getting the report that Hines was a, like a lock to be traded. I, I was kind of surprised by that, and then I, I didn't actually think the Bills would do it, um, having drafted James Cook, mm-hmm. but. And then to just cast away Zach Moss and a six round pick for Heinz. I, once I saw the compensation, I was like, well, yeah, now I know why they did it. They, they, it didn't cost them anything. So it was at least a, it was at least fun. I think a, a pretty fun trade deadline day. And we knew the bills wanted a player like this. So we shot, we probably should have known that it was a possibility yeah. as they were trying to sign McKissick and Heinz and McKissick are, and then draft the same but guy. the drafting of James Cook, right, was like right, right. And that it was, was the like point. the smoke. Yeah. It was like the smoke that was like, okay, they want this guy, but is James Cook like are they willing in their Super Bowl window? Right. Josh Allen has a long Super Bowl window, and a lot of their guys have a long Super Bowl window, but like how many more years is Gabe or not Gabe? Well, actually, maybe how many more years is is uh Stefan Diggs like the elite of the elite wide receiver, right? right? Some of their defensive guys are Matt Milano. Some of these guys are not going to be superstars forever. And so were they willing to be like, yeah, James Cook is fine. Or just take the lock of like, look, we know Naheem Hines is a good pass catching back. So let's just do that. And I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure. But clearly it made sense for a six round pick. And Zach, Mo- Zach Moss wasn't even playing. That, that, that's the dearness. They 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 did what the Browns should have done with the Ernest. He's not playing for you, so ship him off to something to, to to get something for him. Yeah, and the last one I'll hit on is the for now. We might catch some of these in the in the award part, but the 49ers shipping Jeff Wilson over to Miami, which <laughs> you know facilitated Chase Edmonds going to Denver, which I'm sure we'll get into. But CMC is now the clear like. Everything just all paths led lead to CMC being the smash the rest of the year now, right? If you had a top whatever pick, it's you. You hope it. You took CMC on that yeah. on, on that team because he's. I mean, he's lapping JT. That's not even close. Like CMC is going to project for like ten more points every single week than than JT is. And even Cup is awesome. Jefferson's mm-hmm. awesome. Chase when he comes back will be awesome. But like cup has real concerns about like the Rams are in trouble, man. Like yeah. they're bad. And he got, he got his ankle rolled up. It's like, if they get to the end of the year and it's, you know, this is a best ball show. If they get to the end of the year 
and they're not in it, they're not going to play Cooper Cup in weeks that you know in week seventeen. So I, I have concerns about Cooper Cup, and I do not for Christian McCaffrey. Like the Niners are just going to roll. I mean, look what he. He, he had a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown in his first like real full game with the Niners. He's just he's going to go nuts. The Rams are going to be a f- I'm not going to say fun. They're going to be an interesting team when we start drafting these playoff best ball teams really soon. Like because you want Cup, but because they can get in a while they they can they still can get, get in, in and are they going to play someone that they can beat? Right. And but you know what the, the Capitals, Giants or something, right? They play like the Giants yeah. or something in the wild card, and it's like, well, yeah, but like they can't. I mean, they can't beat the Eagles. They can't. They, no. they can't make. They're not good enough to make a run. That they can't beat the nine. They can't even hold the Niners jock. You know, it's so. And Debo wasn't tough. even there. Yeah, they don't even have Debo. Their, their offensive lines hurt. Their defense is hurt. The Niners are like Jimmy Garoppolo's their quarterback. It's, yeah, exactly. it's a nightmare over there. <laughs> He's the second best quarterback on the field, and that's not even counting for Trey Lance. Yeah, McCaffrey. McCaffrey's better uh, quarterback than than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, only other one, real quick, before we mm-hmm. hop into the awards. Mm-hmm. Claypool. What did you think about the Claypool thing? It feels. I mean, I know that he's still young, and it's a building block for the future. But why weren't we doing this in the offseason if you're the Bears? Like I agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's fine. It it makes sense. But again, Justin Fields to me of the five quarterbacks drafted last year has always felt like the one that has a chance to be something. Him and Trevor definitely Lawrence. Now. Definitely yeah. now. Yeah, him and Lawrence are the two. And it looked like you were intentionally like hamstringing this guy. <laughs> That's good. That's sad. It's, it's true, that, Eck. That's not he, he's not yeah, even joking. <laughs> I know it's sad that Claypool is younger than Vilas Jones. It's his third year. It's, his, it's Claypool's third year in the league, and he's younger than the rookie that the Bears just picked. Yeah, but they they needed to do something like this. They needed a building block wide receiver. They got to draft one next year. Still, I mean, Mooney on the other side is going to be fun. But get another guy. If they get another yeah. impact wide receiver, you have Mooney Claypool. I know Claypool's only got one one year left, but you have. Yeah, if it, say whatever you want about David Montgomery, but the combination of Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery is a totally fine NFL backfield. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet is a totally fine NFL tight end. Mooney is a good NFL wide receiver. He's just not he he, he can't carry an offense that has Equinemius St. Brown on the other side and Dante Pettis and Valus Jones. But you start adding the you start compounding these like Claypool, like Claypool can't carry an offense either. But you put Claypool next to Mooney next to Komet, mm-hmm. add something else. In the offseason, now, like how we talked about the Bears this year, how like you would dunk on me for even ever drafting Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and stuff, which is turning out to be smart, a good dunk. Smart is meh. Uh, Mooney's terrible. Fields is turning it around. Fields is fine. Uh, yeah, Fields is fine. They oh, oh, we knew Fields might year, be fine because of the rush. Yeah, the and and they yeah. finally unlocked the rushing. Which has been so awesome, but they, uh, but next year, like like you said, what we're going to talk about in playoff best ball with the Rams is going to be really fascinating. I think what we're going to talk about with the Bears for best ball next year for twenty twenty three best ball is going to be pretty interesting because they finally are going to start to put together some really interesting pieces with a really interesting high upside quarterback. I have one more quick quick rant. You are looking at the only guy probably, and the one p.m. only slate in DFS this past weekend <clears throat> that had Alvin Kamara and AJ Brown and didn't cash. Oh geez. Yes. And Tough. I didn't cash. 
Like, what the hell? How do I not cash? It's because of Justin Jefferson, you son of a bitch. And he Good. he was like, he was like, in, he had like a bunch of yards in the first. He just died. He just stopped. Yeah. He just stopped scoring points. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of trying to dra- drag my feet, but while we're while we're talking about it, we can. I had I had a Mario a- to pit stack on this early sh- only team, and it sounds like I should have been fine, and I wasn't. And I'm I very salty you. about it. Yeah, finally a Kyle Pitts week. What a fun week, by the way, for best ball. DFS um, is, is different, but yeah. But yeah. look at this. Look at this. You you talk about uh, oh my the, god, <laughs> those teams. This was in the middle of the game, but shockingly, it didn't get better. <laughs> it didn't. It, it did it. I guess there was six minutes left. But like you said, so Pollard end up you know scoring another long touchdown after this, and so did Foreman. But it was basically God said. The fantasy god said, "You just landed on four of the five. No, it, it, with the with Washington, they weren't perfect, but you kind of needed the punt. And I know they were chalky, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Five of the correct DFS guys you needed to have: Pollard, Foreman, Kamara. Absolute stone cold three running back smashes that you needed. Waddle ended up with thirty something, and Washington got the savings. And it's like if if you would have told me I could have." five of the literally the nuts input into my lineup and yep. then a, a game stack with Devonte adams and you know it was it was like it was leveraged right olave was popular and uh jacobs was popular or whatever so i kind of leveraged off of that if mm-hmm. you could tell me i could have that i would run it i, I would have put i might be bankrupt today because I, I i would <laughs> i would i would be like fuck yeah dude wheels up like how much money can i put into it and the the Raiders didn't get to midfield. Yeah, Derek Carr never. Derek Carr. They finally got there with um, uh, whoever the backup is that came in. Derek Carr never got to midfield against the Saints, and they just gave up forty to the Cardinals. The, the Saints did. Like it was an, a total disaster. Yeah. Um. Sad day. I, I was watching that team. I'm like, how am I not winning money with this team? I don't need to be winning, but how am I not winning money? Like so. All right, are you ready to get into these awards that we are going to do? I did see someone in the chat bring up a good award that we should have done, which is the it? biggest bag I regret award. Oh, we can add it. I can add it during the course of this. Uh, yeah, during the course of this show. Um, all right, all right. I'm. I, we're, we have. T- we have ten. We'll make it eleven now. But we have ten awards. Uh, that will be. That will be the eleventh, and. Um, Rob and I are, but we'll, we'll go back and forth on, on these awards. You also can feel free to put in the chat, you know, whoever your, your guy is for this award. Um, maybe it will sway us. We all, we have already got our picks together. Maybe it will sway us. Maybe, maybe it won't, but, um, we're just going to try to have, have a little bit of fun with this. The very first award again of the well, 11 now of the, of the 11 awards that we're going to do biggest bag is a really good one. Come back player of the year again this is all best ball focused so like we're not trying to predict the actual real life nfl awards but what player came back from a dusty season in 2021 to 2022 rob you get to go first well i took it as injury and like i took it as injury and uncertainty yep and the zero rb bros are gonna hate me right now oh no but it's derrick henry he was on my list right like he he came back he's on a team that's like mid like they they are the most mid team in the nfl right now right 
And he still can go out there and put up 200 yards on the Houston Texans. Like it's a video game. It's like, Oh, Houston's on the schedule. I'm going to get 200 yards because that's <laughs> what I do as Derrick Henry against the Houston Texans. And they took the foot off the gas. In yeah. The late too. Yeah. And he's, and he's fifth in the NFL on half point PPR scoring right now among running backs. Um, so we keep trying to, with your, you know, gift you had today about our Smith, they, everyone keeps trying to bury Derrick Henry <laughs> And the hand, the fist, the body just keeps coming out of the ground, <laughs> rising from the dead and grabbing you by your skull because you're such a weak, puny man next to Derrick Henry and crushing you to death until the next season when he continues to do it. Uh, Derrick Henry was on my list, and I think he is a viable option and maybe a little bit more of a contrarian option. I, I agree with the chat. To me, it's it's definitely Saquon. Um, which is like probably the chalk answer as we're seeing because all the chat agrees agrees with me. But to come back from multiple years of injuries, and not just multiple years of injuries, but a, a Joe Judge Giants offense, like we're going to get to some other awards that pertain to disastrous you know, NFL situations. He was in, he's been in that like his whole career. He had Ben mm -hmm. McAdoo. He had, he had Joe judge. He had, he blew out his knee. He had a serious ankle injury. He's had all of that. And now to come back and still be as explosive, probably as explosive as ever, give or take. And, and they have nothing on offense. <laughs> Darius Slayton and Wandale Robinson are the only guys getting targets. They don't even have a tight end anymore. They they are a disaster. It is all on Saquon and he's still producing. Um and and the it, it's funny we'll get again we'll get to some of these other awards. But the Saquon finally got there later in the offseason, right? Maybe to the one two turn. But like we started this year with like almost like mid third round Saquon. Yeah. And the the field was just like not not buying into Saquon and he's just blowing that out of the water. So it's Saquon for me, but I, I think the Henry thing also makes also makes sense. Saquon was the other guy I was looking at, but I'm like, he wasn't really injured last year to the extent Henry was um, not to the extent Henry. Yeah. But. You know, so like, I was just like, eh, I felt there was Henry and I figured you might take, um, you might end up taking Saquon. Totally fair. Next, next, next award, just so we can kind of keep it moving. Yep. And of course, keep, Keep putting your stuff in the chat, particularly when you agree with me and disagree with Rob. Next one. <laughs> Biggest shit show. You can take this and I'll, I'll like preface all the awards so that everybody in the chat can kind of get the gist of what we're going for. But it's very open ended. Biggest shit show. I'd pick a player, pick an NFL team, pick a whatever you interpret it however you want. The absolute biggest shit show in best ball through the first half of the regular season. Rob started the last one. I will start I will start this one. God damn it. I'm a chalk donkey, apparently. Reading reading the chat. It has to be the Broncos. Mm -hmm. It has to be the Broncos. The Broncos go out and make the Russell Wilson trade. And not only was everybody like excited for everything Broncos. They had two wide receivers going in the top four rounds. They had a running back going at the two, three turn. They had another running back who everyone who said you couldn't draft the second round running back said was like the best value in all of <laughs> in all of best ball, right? You can't mm -hmm. draft Javante Williams because Melvin, Melvin Gordon exists. So Melvin Gordon is a smash. That dude is not even going to be on active 
on game day soon. They traded for they, they trade they signed Latavius Murray and freaking Marlon Mack. Mike Boone will be back, and they traded for Chase Edmonds. Russell Wilson, uh, we, we I mentioned this on a show we did recently, is like the football version of Space Jam. The Monstars came down and stole this dude's power, and he can't even throw a forward pass. But he's still recording subway commercials and you know TikToks and and saying let's ride and all this total nonsense. He's a walking meme, and the coach is a disaster. Everything Albert we we thought Albert O was going to break out. He's not even active. Melvin Gordon and him are going to be holding hands here in a couple weeks on the sidelines. It's a mess, dude. KJ Hamler, it, it, you talk about ghosts with Will Fuller. You did a yeah. good ghost. Is KJ is KJ Hamler a ghost? The whole the whole situation. They traded Bradley Chubb today. Does that, I, I I can't imagine a worse disaster about a situation that it's one thing if like the Giants or the Jets or the Bears are a disaster or the Texans. This was a team everyone was excited about. Everyone, and they are the biggest shit show in football. So I. Also sort of went with the Broncos, but I went a little more hyper-focused on mine. I didn't go Broncos. I didn't go Russell Wilson. I went the Russell Wilson subway commercials, as you alluded to. (laughs) This is the biggest travesty in the NFL right now. Have you seen these commercials? They had Tom Brady last year. This guy doesn't eat bread. So they And Russell Wilson, they had a guy that didn't eat bread doing sandwich commercials. And Russell Wilson's are still worse than Tom Brady's were. <laughs> what is going on at Subway? Someone explain this to me. What the hell are you doing? You got him wearing fingerless gloves? It's the last time you had a sandwich with fingerless gloves on. We, <laughs> Hopefully never. What are we doing? Subway. All right, that's my biggest bust of the best ball season. I agree. Next, next on the docket. I think that was the next one. I just want to make sure I didn't screw it up. Yeah. Uh, yep. Coach of the year is the next one, and it is my coach turn of go. the year. And and again, for a quick preference, uh, preface. Uh, sorry, I'm throwing I'm throwing off the subway. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> I didn't expect a subway rant on the awards show, but um, it was well, it was very it was very warranted. And and when you say <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on at Subway? Like, <laughs> I think that's like very evergreen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, it, it's a they're selling five dollar sandwiches. So uh, uh, Russell <laughs> Wilson's probably a very fitting uh, guy. Coach of the year is again. Very open to interpretation, but an NFL head coach that is kind of rewarding. But right, if if when you look at your team, you're like, thank God that guy is coaching the guys that I have on this best ball team or whatever. And uh, it's your yeah, your turn. Yeah. So there, there's two clear guys for this for me with one honorable mention. So I'm going to lean to the one that I don't think you're going to take, and I'm going to go Nick Sirianni. Uh, Ooh, okay. For the Eagles because. What was one of the main concerns of the whole offseason with the Eagles? They're like, yeah, but they run the ball. Yeah, but they run the ball. Yeah, but they run the ball. And we saw that Nick Sirianni, when he has the right personnel, knows how to implement that. And he's made Jalen Hurts one of the top. You need Hurts or Allen or Mahomes, it feels like right now. Right? Those three guys. Mm -hmm. For the most part, Like, I feel like the winning best ball roster is going to have one of those quarterbacks. And Hertz was a real concern about that in the beginning of the year. No one would have put him as one of the top three. He would have made the list. I, I mean, Lamar's still there, of course, but 
I, I like Hurts a little bit better. The offense is better. Everything is better with the Hurts situation if they get pushed mm-hmm. ever. And at least there's week 17 matchup. You know, we joked about week 17, but at least week 17 is a matchup that can push them, which is Dallas. So I'm giving it to Nick Sirianni for best ball awards because he's doing what he was supposed to do with this roster and making the passing game one of the best passing games in the league. He 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 definitely is. Do they play Dallas or do they play Dallas in week 16? Hold on. Oh, is it week I'm 16? I'm double. I'm oh, they played New Orleans. They played New Orleans. Which, which yeah. Uh, in case you, I know that the Raiders looked like a middle school team against the Saints defense, but the Saints defense fucking sucks. So yeah. the Eagles are going to score a boat, and that is not something I I would have thought going in. The Saints have had an awesome defense yeah. for many years, the but the Eagles are just going to hang up. Yeah, Dallas week sixteen Bears. I mean, this this schedule that didn't seem amazing before Bears week fifteen. Cowboys week 16, Saints week 17. Yeah, I love all it. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, because Dallas Dallas has a good defense, but they can push them, right? Yep. Cooper Rush even pushed them just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, now Dak can push them. And maybe the Bears might be able to push them a little, at least a little bit more than we expected. And the Bears defense stinks. Yeah, the Eagles look awesome. I I, I agree I agree with the chat, uh, mo- mo- most of the chat. The chat is on Brian Dayball quite a bit, which I think makes sense. For coach of the that, year overall, yes, but for best ball purposes, no. I was going to say the, the, the problem with that is he's making the Giants competent, mm-hmm. but not really for fantasy other than Saquon. He's actually right. running the shit out of the ball, which I don't blame him for because he doesn't have any – he's throwing the ball to – David Sills and Richie James. He doesn't have because he wouldn't oh. play Kadarius Tony. Exactly. Yeah. He, he won't. He won't. He won't throw the ball because he doesn't really have anybody to throw to. I mean, even even his like semi-promising young tight end Daniel Bellinger is out. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think for best ball, I, I'm not particular. Other than Saquon, I'm not particular. <laughs> like even Wandale is like, you're not mad about whatever 16th round Wandale, but you're not like, oh baby, this is a smash. Like you would rather have. Jamal Williams or Donta Foreman or, you know. And you would something. think you would be with the way that they are, everything's shaken out in New York. And yeah, you just, would think. You're still like, meh. Yeah, it's it's totally meh. So my, my answer is definitely Mike, Mike McDaniel. Um, yeah. I yeah. think that what he's doing with the Dolphins is what, like, dreams are made of. And it's yeah. like, we have this, we have this, like, mental block sometimes uh, being in the fantasy football space of, like, sometimes – we assume rational coaching when we shouldn't, right? You get the crappy team. Joe Judge, using Brian, Brian Dayball's predecessor. You're like, he has Saquon. They paid Kenny Galladay like a billion dollars. They got all, you know, they actually had some okay weapons. Kadarius Tony, right? We're Evan Ingram. They should be able to distribute it a little bit to those guys. And Joe Judge is running three straight QB sneaks back inside the 10 because he's scared to, to to play offense. So we do it on the wrong side sometimes. This was the dream, and nobody really did it. People were scared of, they're like, Mike McDaniel's going to come over. He's going to run the ball, right? They paid Chase Edmonds. He brought Raheem Mostert in. They got a bunch of backs. It's it's kind of, you know, people didn't trust Tua. So Mike McDaniel's going to do the Kyle Shanahan thing. And he has not done the Kyle Shanahan thing. They're a heavy pass rate team. Tua has been awesome, and they have two of the best 
10, 15 weapons in the entire NFL on offense. And he gets them the ball in the ways you want him to get them. Like he, no, Tyreek Hill is never going to go a game like Jamar Chase will go with like four targets. It's never going to happen. He's going to manufacture touches for both Tyreek and Waddle, Mm -hmm. and he's going to make shit happen and he's going to throw the ball. And so the Dolphins are just an absolute dream if any team with Tyreek and Waddle if it's like remotely decent like I just feel like you feel good about they're like the CMC of wide receivers there's other wide receivers too but man you just got to feel so good about having Dolphins on your team even Gesicki Gesicki's not even he's playing like 50% of the snaps and he's still getting there because McDaniel is just you know scheming up such good stuff on offense they're just they're so fun the Dolphins and it's so concentrated like it's and that's what makes it real fun is it's it's Hill, it's Waddle, it's Gasecki, it's Mostert. It was Chase and the Chase Edmonds in the beginning. Obviously, he's gone, so Jeff Wilson might come in and split some of that with Mostert. But he was the guy that I was right there with Nick Sirianni, so that's why yep. I went Sirianni because I was, I I had a gut feeling you were going to go McDaniel. The the yeah. honorable mentions Pete Carroll, and and it hurts Ooh, my soul to one. say. Mm-hmm. It hurts my soul to say, but he's he's proving us wrong in the way that he's allowing that offense to run for the most part. Um, and it kind of showing you what Russ maybe was all along. So I was just, so I was going to ask not to totally derail, but we got plenty of time. We can, we can have this, at least this side question. Mm -hmm. What was, was, was the whole Russ thing a fraud or is Gino just like good? And like, so like there's, there's really only two possible scenarios, right? That are reality. Russ, like Russ was obviously not like, Baker Mayfield level bad right in Seattle but was Russ kind of a fraud and propped up by the situation right because they apparently they had good coaching we've all shit on Pete Carroll for the last like three years but I mean he's turning chicken chicken salad into chicken shit uh with with this team was it reverse Russ (laughs) he's turning chicken shit into chicken salad you're correct yes he is He's turning he's turning lemonade into uh, uh, gold or something. I don't know. He's what they're doing with the Seahawks is un, is unbelievable. It's just like close to the same color. Just <laughs> fucking deal with it. Was Russ propped up by having Doug Baldwin and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and apparently a good Marshawn Lynch? Was he propped up by that? And Gino is just kind of like stepping into the same situation and he's really not that good. Or is like you know is g was is russ just like turned to dust and gino is actually really good it's there's kind of only a couple of paths you know what i mean and i I don't i don't have the slightest idea i'm just very curious like what what the what the fuck happened with this russell wilson thing yeah i mean i think you're right he turned a little red wagon into a volkswagen so that's just your your analogy was so weird i just i know You're trying to you're you're trying to sometimes you come up with an analogy on 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 the spot and it's just absolutely horrible. Um I'm not I'm not an improv I'm not an improv guy so you're just spitballing. Yeah, and we're trying to talk about Russell Wilson. I'm still thrown by the subway thing. Let's move on. Right. Let's move on to the next. All right, so the best zero RB target yep is so. for you to start. This this is actually a really really interesting one. I feel like um, and I, I cheated a little bit because there's a guy later I want to give a uh, a different award to. So, so I, I went Ramondre. I went Ramondre here for for mm-hmm. zero RB. He because he he's like 
everything you absolutely dream of. You know, we talk we talk all off season about stupid week 17 and the playoffs and contingent value and all that kind of stuff. But the the gold mine of a zero RB pick is the guy who has value the whole season and then just takes it over. You know what I mean? Like Ramondre from week one was putting up useful fantasy scores in a timeshare with Damian Harris. And then eventually, basically over the course of the last couple of weeks, he just cucked Damian Harris. You know, it's going to be now more, let's mm-hmm. call it 65-35 on the Ramondre side or 60-40 or something like that. And you still you still have contingent value, as we saw when Damian Harris missed a game. You still have contingent value for Ramondre. And so he's just like this perfect. There are other guys that are, have been really good, too. Um, you'll probably have one. But he's just like the absolute. God, I hope so. He's he's just like the absolute stone nuts where you get from week one to week 17, assuming health, you get like, it's like this, he's just continuing to get better and better and better every single week. Yeah. So for me, it's Josh Jacobs. And I think that the Josh Jacobs thing, obviously he didn't have a great game this past Sunday against the Saints, but not every player is going to smash every week. It's just. Other than yeah. Cooper Cup, it just doesn't happen, really, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we were getting mad at Cooper Cup when he only scored like twenty points last year. So, <laughs> right, right. Yep. So it, it's definitely Josh Jacobs, and I think the Josh Jacobs thing is showing what our edge could be next year, where it wasn't just Josh Jacobs. You know, Derrick Henry was still going in the first round, but people were so down on him they were letting him fall sometimes to the beginning of the second. And there's another guy we're going to talk about that they did this, that people did this with. I think that the overall hatred for these non-pass catching running backs, you know, not Josh Jacobs, but, but in general is gone Mm -hmm. a little too far and it's allowing you to build some teams that are just super powerful getting in there to the, to the playoffs and beyond. So, Right now, it's Josh Jacobs, and he fell too far. He probably fell too far, and we we all allowed it to happen. And my Josh Jacobs percentage isn't great, but it's still decent from what I recall. Um, but I should have been sharper, and I should have been on it more. And I just it was one of the ones that I let fall. So right good now, for, good, good for you. Mine's my my percentage is embarrassing, and I agree. It was uh, he he was definitely part of the lesson. Um, I think he was the other guy that I would consider. And then um, some of the folks in chat are Jamal Williams. I think I I, I agree. Jamal Williams went later than both of them, like a lot later than both of them. And we knew it's, it's kind of the same thing as these, as, as Josh Jacobs in a even less, even less sexy uh, uh, version. Nobody really is excited about Jamal Williams as a football player. Like he's whatever, you know, he's a replacement level running back, but we knew he was going to get the ball. Yeah. We knew the lions were going to score points. We knew it was a timeshare, right? Everybody does the, Oh, Javante versus Melvin or whatever. Right. Everybody does the time Brees versus Michael Carter. Everybody does that. Nobody blinked about Deandre Swift in the second round and Jamal Williams in the like 15th round <laughs> or whatever. Like, no, but yeah, I, he, he I couldn't awesome, draft Swift. I couldn't do it. So he was an Jamal Williams was an was a great pick. It's not just revisionist history. It's yeah. it's the run out has been good, but the thesis was was correct. 
the the whole time. He's one of um, he, he people talk about Josh Jacobs because he had the three like monster weeks. Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams is on the number one, the highest scoring team in baseball mania three right now is has Josh Jacobs or Josh Jacobs has Jamal Williams, not Josh Jacobs, because Jamal Williams just churns out good weeks. He scores 20 points like half the time and he churns out reasonable weeks every every other week. And so he Jamal Williams has been incredible for mm-hmm. best ball. And I don't really foresee it continuing. Swift's already talking about he's not healthy. Right. He played this week, but he's not healthy. So unle- until maybe they shut it down, then that's the concern for Jamal Williams. But he's going to be great for at least another you know, month, month and a half. All right. This brings us into our best robust RB target. And the other guy I wanted to talk about was Nick Chubb. So this God goes in. This goes into. I mean, it's fine. We have the same one, but this goes into that same argument of like we were just pushing guys down for no reason, and maybe Chubb's even more of an oversight than Josh Jacobs was. They're probably both on the same level, but mm-hmm. this guy, this we know what Nick Chubb is, right? We know superstar, superstar, first round talent, but nobody wants to be the guy, you know, juggling the Nick Chubb bag at the end of the day. But we're still taking Dalvin Cook at the end of the first round and Derrick Henry, who I still think is fine. But I'm just comparing Cook Mm -hmm. and, you know, you compare Chubb to Henry and it's fine. But like the the guys we were taking at that tail end of the first round, like, what are we doing? How are we letting Nick Chubb fall to the third round sometimes in drafts? He was like a late second, early third, a lot of the year. Mm -hmm. And we were just letting him go. We were just like, eh. I think I'll take a chance on this awful wide receiver that, <laughs> you know, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like, you know, like a Terry McLaurin level, who's not even a bad player, but like, do you want Terry McLaurin or do you want Nick Chubb? And how did we not just say that to ourselves and be like, Oh, I want Nick Chubb, obviously. But no, we were, we were almost like too attached to the structures. Maybe, maybe we were like, and and structure matters, so I got to figure out how I word this without sounding dumb. But like, <laughs> but like we, I already I already did that. Try, try an analogy. Uh, try an analogy. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like turning lemonade into, you know, a no a November sidewalk in Minnesota. <laughs> what, the, what the hell are we doing? Basically, what uh, you said earlier. So I mean, uh, it sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> Nick Nick Chubb is clearly <laughs> the best robust RB target, and we and I feel like we should have known. We should have th- known that he was the best target in general. This was the easiest one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. he he was he he is an, a, definitely a better version than Josh. There were actual real concerns for Josh Jacobs. Like yeah. we we, I'm not saying he should have got he 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 was a mistake getting pushed down as far as he did but having trepidation on Josh Jacobs was not it's hindsight to say you shouldn't have had trepidation on Josh Jacobs Nick Chubb I don't know man I, the like if, if we were concerned about Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback for 11 weeks or whatever he played with Baker Mayfield he's played with Baker Mayfield yeah. his whole career yeah. like I don't I, there's no difference yeah. Um, if anything, it might be an it might be an upgrade. Not, nothing was going to change for Nick Chubb. He was just going to keep being awesome. The only like I guess concern was like he he probably can't. At, there's not really a scenario in which he can be the RB one overall, right? 
but you you weren't drafting him as such. No. Like, like if, if we're drafting, whatever, pick up a, a fifth round running back, like I, I, Brees Hall. People liked Brees Hall. It was it was totally reasonable. He was going to be awesome. But Brees Hall couldn't be the RB1. Not the total, not the overall RB1. Could he be a smash? Yes, absolutely. He he, he can't un- unless literally everybody else gets hurt. Yeah. Brees Hall couldn't have been the RB1 this year. Again, he could have maybe top 5. Sure. But that's that's what Nick Chubb can do. Nick Chubb can be a top 5 running back and he's doing it. And we just because because he's like he's just this same old Nick Chubb every single year. Crushes, doesn't catch passes. Runs for 100 yards every week, scores double-digit touchdowns. We just like put lump him into this spot, and we push. Like Najee Harris is going in the top ten, and Nick Chubb's going in the early third round. Yeah. Like that, that does it, it. Doesn't make any sense. And so, I, I I feel kind of happy that honestly, both of the last two years, I was Chubb was one of the guys. You know, I don't have a ton. Because of the way that I draft, I mean, I was taking some wide receivers and tight ends and stuff there. Shout out Kyle Pitts. The that, but the Chubb stuff was one where I'm like, let's not be a, let's not fall into this trap where you're like, oh yeah, he's just a running back who doesn't catch passes. I can't draft him in the third round. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that your point about maybe the industry becoming this like ar- archetype whores, yeah. where it's like you know. We either want the young guy who we don't know, right? Travis Etienne and Brees Hall. We don't know yet. So we'll draft them. Or we want the guy like Najee who catches pass it. You know, he's going to he's gonna play every snap, which he's not, by the way. He's going to play every snap. Mm-hmm. And then we throw the actual, like, maybe the best running back in football. We're like, yeah, fuck that guy. We're not going to draft him. Like, we sh- like that's that's a gap, I think, still in the whole best ball space. Yeah, I mean, and you could have started a majority of your a, a decent amount of your drafts if you were drafting early, some sort of Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb combo, mm-hmm. right? And or for most of your drafts, not every single one, because Chubb would go in the second sometimes. But there's a healthy majority of your drafts that you could have done something to that effect, or you know, chase AJ Brown and then bring it back with Chubb. Like you could have done stuff if you were drafting <laughs> the front half. So my very my, my real quick, my very mm-hmm. best um CMC team. Now it has Trey Lance, so it's dead, it's like dead to win. Yep. But uh, uh I did a show earlier today where we were reviewing teams, mm-hmm. my teams, other people's teams. Uh Hughes is in the chat, has the num- number four team in, in Best Ball Mania three, and he mm-hmm. shared that with us, and it is like absolutely insane. <laughs> it is it is such a good team. But I was walking through like CMC teams because like you talked about, he's just such a smash that like seeing what, you know, because he isn't the best top two round pick or whatever. So what does a CMC team look like and how live is it? My best team is CMC, Chubb, Saquon, CMC at the 102 and then Chubb and then Saquon. Yeah. Um, I ruined it with Trey Lance, but the ret like the the team is killer if it had literally anything else but Trey Lance. And so, but you could anybody anybody could have had that team early in the summer. CMC Chubb Saquon, and like we all just said, mm, no, I don't want that. I don't want that right. team. Right, and that there's a lot of things that that shows that we don't need to get into. But like drafting early is important because you could have never got that team late. But getting that combo of running backs is silly, kind of for the most part. 
So this brings us into our biggest bust for the best ball season. And this is you to start. Because I'm too prideful, I won't say Kyle Pitts, <clears throat> but he was right in contention for me. And I'm, I'm terrified that the chat is going to all pick Kyle Pitts. And I'm terrified that you're going to pick Kyle Pitts because <laughs> I'm holding some serious bags. But mm. I, I really do actually think it's Najee. I think Najee Harris is the biggest bust. I think that uh, this is a fucking cop out answer by you to not to go Najee over over Kyle Pitts. You didn't draft Najee, so I didn't say he was the <laughs> the the, the, the who, who fucking said the award had to be who I drafted. I can let me let me. I'm holding a W for a second. Uh, I got L's all over the place. I drafted Trey Lance, Javante, Kyle Pitts, Daryl Henderson as my highest owned running back, and the Rams. Uh, you and I could you and I could block better than the Rams offensive line. Let I I need a W one time. And Najee was a dude who I did not I did not. Uh, hold on, this is funny though. By the way, Kay uh, <laughs> Davis in the chat saying hello. So I, I I will say if I was um, being impartial, Kyle Pitts is probably you know we're one A one B here. But I I do being serious for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Najee got propped up to the first round. Yeah, Kyle Pitts was a two three turn pick. Some people were taking him over Mark Andrews, which ends up being horrible. Some people were taking him over Nick Chubb. Uh, the don't don't ask me if I ever took him over Nick Chubb because I'm sure I did. The, the Kyle Pitts thing was terrible. Najee Harris was a first-round pick. Some people took him over Travis Kelsey. Some people took him over Stephon Diggs. Like, Austin Eckler. All these guys. Tyreek. A.J. Brown. Like, the absolute smashes of all smashes in fantasy. People took Najee Harris over him because they said, ah, he's going to touch the ball a lot. <laughs> he's going to get a lot of touches. He was the biggest fallacy... I would rather lose betting on the next breakout young player that I know is good mm-hmm. than than lose betting on a first round pick who I'm just praying to God can accumulate enough points getting three yards per carry in a shitty offense. That he, he was the worst. He was the worst thesis in it, for sure for sure in the first few rounds. The worst thesis in 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 best ball. E- even worse than than the the Kyle Pitts of the world. Um, then, then we've talked about CD and stuff where it was just awkward. I, 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 it, Najee didn't make sense to me then. And I think now it's just proving the flaws of drafting in that way. That was a pretty good monologue. And as you were doing it, the only thing I could think of was this is Eric Bimefors and one mixtape and his only opponent is Felix. Like he's just, (laughs) he's just dunking over Felix for five straight minutes uh, <laughs> on this monologue. So RIP to Felix, to Felix in the chat, if he's in the chat. A good um, question. A good question from Mark. Pitts. Is there more hope for Najee or Pitts? It's Pitts, right? Just we had see a big that game. He just had a big game. Atlanta's somehow in their divisional race. They're first. <laughs> They're first. <laughs> Which is, if you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, nope. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Um, that is absolutely crazy. Um, so for me, my biggest bust, we have to go back to Denver. And I'm not just going to say the Denver Broncos. 
I'm not just going to say Javante Williams. I'm not just going to say Russell Wilson. I'm not just going to say Nathaniel oh, Hackett. Oh, no, I know. I know. I'm going to say Nathaniel Hackett's parents. Why are you <laughs> allowing this? You can do something. You have a direct line to this man. You see what he's doing. You're watching your child, like, get his prized possession. Like, Nathaniel Hackett is the guy in high school, right? He gets his license. And the very first car that he ever gets is a Porsche. He's handed a Porsche for his first car. And guess where you see him? In the slow lane on the highway doing 50. <laughs> Every time. He can't even drive the speed limit. And you're his parents and you can't call him and be like, son, I think you need to put your foot on the gas just a, just a little bit more. We want to, you know, like it's a Porsche, like you don't have to go 120, but can you go the speed limit? Can you do something with this offense? Can you fix it? Come on. So, <laughs> so yeah, my biggest bust is Nathaniel Hackett's parents right now. We've approved our uh, analogies over the course of this show. <laughs> That's everybody, that... everybody, everybody can give us that. We started really low. The bar yeah. was the bar. The bar was really low. You've you you've upped the game. Would you say that? Would you say that uh, running Latavius Murray twenty times in a, oh in, a in an in an NFL game is the equivalent to driving your Porsche as a sixteen year old in the in the slow lane? <laughs> it's got to be right. Like can Latavius you imagine? Murray is, I actually don't know exactly how old you are. Latavius Murray is older than me, and he, the dude, Hackett is running him into the back of an offensive line in an NFL game, almost twenty times. Instead of look, Russ sucks. I get it. He's probably trying to hide him or whatever. But you have Russ, bad team. PJ Walker's throwing forty times in in like shootout games. They have Jerry, Judy, Cortland. PJ Walker's throwing to Visca, <laughs> like, yeah. like at Tommy Tremble, and they're scoring like forty balls. He has Russell Wilson, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton. Even if you throw aside Alberto Dolchich, looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Throw the fucking ball, dude. Yeah. What are we doing with this Latavius Murray shit? This is out of this is out of control. It's. Just to go back to the Porsche analogy. So they're in the slow lane. Nathaniel Hackett's driving. Russell Wilson's in the passenger seat. The two of them are having a grand time. They're singing show tunes together. And Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton, and they're back. And they're just looking at each other going, WTF, what is going on right now? Why are we in this car? Why are we in this Porsche? I'd rather be in a Toyota Corolla going 80. They're definitely eating a Subway sandwich, but using it as the microphone. Yeah. You know, they're singing the show tunes, but they have oh, the, su- you know, this shitty God awful <laughs> sub sandwich, you know, that they, these two millionaires <laughs> are, are eating just, uh, just we, we could talk about the Broncos with all these negative sentiment awards, like for like hours. It's, it's so everything about it is so bad, but that was, that was very good. Let's hit Nathaniel the Daniel Hackett and Russ Wilson definitely just listen to TV show theme songs while they drive. <laughs> That's all they listen to. So, so uh, I'm catching up on the uh, always. I don't know if you ever if you ever watched uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They have a podcast and it's excellent. Yeah, I'm catch I'm catching up on it, and I I find that they they're like segues in between segments. Mm-hmm. Is their old their music? 
mm-hmm. I find myself like humming throughout the day like that. So it made me feel really triggered when you said that. Cause I'm like, God damn it. I, th- I kind of did that. I kind of did that earlier today. Like I'm walking the dogs humming, humming always sunny uh, uh, clips. Next one. Best draft strategy. I do think this one is actually a lot of these have been kind of probably a little straightforward. This one's pretty interesting because you could construct a really good team with any draft strategy, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on uh, kind of what you think the best one was. I'm going to stay on brand for this one. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same for next year, but I think elite QB was the proper draft strategy for this year, because I think within, so it's like we're starting to get into the matrix, but within elite QB, you can still construct other types of, you know, constructions as you go forward, you can still yep. do your zero RB. You can still do like an anchor RB situation. But I think going elite QB, I, I really feel that this year particularly, you needed to go elite QB to win. And maybe I'm proven wrong at the end, but I think more likely than not, you're going to need one of those guys that I hit on earlier. I think, um, I think there's only a couple of candidates to debunk your thesis and it is Tua. Mm-hmm. Tua Fair. is definitely proving that he can compete. I'm not saying he can beat right when we get to week 17. Can he beat all those guys? But he might be able to compete and then the guy like the, the fucked up thing about best ball is like when you do get to week 17 it is kind of like we joke about it but the guy you need to have mm-hmm. like that does play itself out, right? Jamar Chase, like if you didn't draft Jamar Chase in the fourth, fifth round last year and you made it to the, the finals, your team could have been awesome, but it, it you were dead. Yeah. Like you like you could have a good, you could do okay, but you couldn't win the tournament. And that can be the kit that has like a cascading effect with quarterback. It's like if you took Josh Allen and the guy you need to have is T. Higgins, then like that 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 then makes Tua more valuable, right? So if Tua scores twenty five mm-hmm. points and T Higgins has forty, Josh Allen gets gets kind of you know pushed down and Tua gets pushed up or whatever. So I I think um, Tua has a shot. And I, this this is maybe me being a prisoner of the moment, but I kind of think Justin Fields has a chance to uh, do that. He plays the Lions in Week Seventeen, who is like a fantasy gold mine for everybody. And they're running him so much that, like, I could foresee 100 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. And, uh, you know, the stacking partner may not work, but I think Justin Fields has a chance to, like, hang in there, uh, too, which is what we were really hoping for <laughs> with Trey there, Lance. There's but definitely that. ways for it to be wrong. But, like, when you have a full slate of games and you're looking at guys that can put up 40 at the quarterback position, it's Allen, it's Hurts, it's – Lamar, it's Mahomes, right? It's your top end, and they're all playing that week. It's not like DFS where, like, we're like, maybe I just have to fade Lamar this week, or I just have to fade right. Josh or Allen this it was week. Just hurts this way. This week it was just hurts. You're you're now saying that you need to fade all these guys, and you need the one guy on your team to go off, which is a possibility, especially with a guy like Tua right now, for sure. Not not knocking that. It's a tough matchup against the Patriots. Um, in week 17 in New England in the cold weather, like that's going to be a tough spot for Tua to put up like a 30 yes. or 40 point. Definitely. Game, Fields right? is probably a better candidate now, which sounds crazy to even say out loud. Right. But I don't know, man. It, the way he's running in the Lions at, 
I think it's interesting at least. And, but I don't know if this is going to be a strategy we can use going forward to do this stuff based on what we've talked about in the past that we won't rehash right now. But so like for me this year, it's elite QB for now. Where, mine where is, yeah, my, mine is, mine is zero RB, which is, surprises no one, but it's actually, it's actually not because of like all the typical zero RB stuff. It's very similar to what you said with elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. It is because of what I can do elsewhere mm-hmm. at zero RB and get like, do you want Kelsey? Would you like Travis Kelsey on a best ball team? My yeah. highest scoring team in all of best ball mania three is Travis Kelsey just had a buy. Mm-hmm. It's a solo Travis Kelsey. I don't have a second tight end. It's my highest scoring team. I ate a zero this week, but I just, you know, you got Ramondre and you got Miles Sanders and you got Pollard and you got all these running backs have Jalen hurts, AJ Brown, right? You have all these smashes, on that team and the only way you're able to over the course of an entire portfolio get that is by kind of committing to the the zero rb stuff it's it's almost like if you combined what both of us are saying that's yeah. actually the perfect draft strategy like zero rb with all with elite elite onesies elite wide receivers over the course of 150 teams you're probably going to land on like some just absolutely bonkers teams yeah. right and so that's kind of it. I'm not trying to sit here and stand for zero RB, but I think the reason why it works is because um, at this point in best ball, people are obviously not willing to commit to it, which helps, which helps when, when this season plays out like it is, mm-hmm. you know, you get Ramondre, you get Ken Walker, you get weeks of Eno, you get the Tony Pollard 30 point week. Um, you get Jamal Williams and it plays out like this. And then like the edge of, Kelsey and Andrews is so big and the edge of what you said with elite quarterbacks is so big. And it's like, it's compounding all that, like one strategy compounds into all of that over your, your portfolio. So um, that's that it would be zero RB for me, but uh, I think there's a lot of ways to slice and dice that. I I mean, and we see people posting stuff in the chat about different strategies. Like every strategy is going to get through to the playoffs. Hell, every strategy is going to make it to the finals. Right. It's just which one are you comfortable with getting through is what we're kind of talking about. So for me, it's obviously elite QB zero RB makes a ton of sense. Robust makes a lot of sense this year as well. Like in terms of some of the guys that you talked about your CMC Chubb. Saquon I have great team. robust teams, right? I'm a zero. So, R- I, have, I have like 60% zero RB and some of my also best teams are robust teams. Cause you can build, if you hit CMC, Saquon, Chubb, Kamara, all that. If you hit those guys, you can absolutely crush with a robust team. 100%. And the funny thing, the juxtaposition between us right now is you just said that your best team is a solo tight end team. My best team is one of the few teams that I drafted four tight ends. Like, I literally have four tight ends on my best team. It's like Noah Fant. um, It's either Gerald Everett or, oh, my God, the guy in Jacksonville. Um. Ingram, Ingram, and Taysom Hill, and it's Cameron Braid who's hurt. But I drafted four tight ends on that team, right? So, like, to show the differences, you went one elite, I went four scrubs, and I think we've talked about it before, but I think that's the way to play tight end going forward. And Barbell it, might be it way, baby. Yeah, it's gonna be the way to do it. So, 
let's get into our best rookie. And I think you start this one. Yeah, this, this was a good one. One of my contenders for a zero RB pick was, was I deferred to, to the best rookie pick, and it's Ken Walker. And Same. I went with Ken uh, Walker, too. But I'll I, let you I think it. he. I really like the wide receivers. Olave has really surprised me. My dogs are uh, yeah. fighting behind me in case uh, I assume everyone can hear, but I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't hear him. I can only see him. <laughs> it's not too bad. Uh, Ken, Ken, Ken Walker, the, the, the thesis of the Seattle backfield is mm-hmm. just the stone cold smash. And he just kind of happened to be the, the beneficiary of it. So it, you know, say whatever you want about that. I really like Chris Olave. Um, I, I really like Garrett Wilson, but he's like, if you want to win in best ball, if you're going to pick a rookie, you want Ken Walker on your team, obviously for the rest of the year, it's a little bit of contingent value, but that's the point. That's the whole point of drafting those kinds of running. Why do we draft Ramondre? Why do we draft Ramondre? He's in a committee just like Ken Walker was, and he has contingent value just like, just like Ken Walker does. And he, he was pushed down. The, The Patriots guys were pushed down this way, somewhat similarly, but he was pushed down because people were not in on Seattle and like Brashad Penny and Ken Walker were both really talented and Ken Walker was the second round rookie. And all it took was one injury and the entire market to be wrong about Seattle. And you have a top, where would you put Ken Walker top 10 running back in fantasy right now? For yeah, sure. Top for 10. sure. Definitely top 10. And, and, and he's we probably top seen it- seven. We could have seen it coming, right? He's really good at football. He was a second-round pick. All the things that everybody likes to check the boxes of, except going back to the the Chubb and Henry and all that, he didn't catch passes in college. So people held that against him when we didn't hold it against Brees Hall or Travis Etienne or whatever. And so that's why he he was just a smash, and I I screwed that one up. I I screwed him up, too. I don't have a lot of Ken Walker. Um, But he was just a smash pick, and and, um, we probably could have seen it coming. Yeah, so Kenneth Walker, for everything you said, was mine as well. Um, Damian Pierce in Houston's really good. And my honorable mention was Garrett Wilson because we were all hyped on Garrett Wilson before he got drafted. Then he went to the Jets, and we see why he got pushed down. As soon as Zach Wilson <laughs> came back, like he has, he's just ruining that offense. Like It's sad that we want Joe Flacco back for there, but – we have seen flashes of what Garrett Wilson is going to be in the future. And I'm excited about Garrett Wilson next year because people are still not going to draft him. And he has shown elite upside, in my opinion, already mm-hmm. in the NFL. And we're going to probably get this guy fourth, fifth, sixth round, I'm guessing, off the top of my head next year. And he's going to be a smash button almost every time in that range. So He's um, so good. He's, he's so he's- good. He's really good. Um, I know we got just a couple left. I want to hit a couple of these comments. Mm-hmm. This was funny. We'll get to a little bit of this draft. Uh, the best draft strategy draft any tight end who also plays quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a pretty good. That's. A, I mean, when you look back and you're like, hey, dummy, there's a guy in the 18th round who's going to play some quarterback at the position that they all suck. You're drafting Cole Komet in the 11th round and this dude is tight end eligible in the 18th round and is going to play quarterback maybe draft that guy yeah. um this is also a good one the difference like we're at the midseason so i'm saying zero rb but like i don't know how many more times to stay it like like 
I'm rooting for my CMC. Like I'm tracking my CMC teams because I legit think he's just going to blow away the field mm-hmm. the rest of the way. So I agree with this. It could be a hero. You know, it could be a, a hero RB team. Um, with I, CMC. I, I really like hero RB going forward just because I think the positions, like we said earlier, is getting a little undervalued. And if that continues next year, I think hero RB might be a way that I lean a lot. I'll still have my zero RB teams for the most part. Uh, but hero RB feels really good. Like it just feels like if you harrowed Nick Chubb again with anyone in the beginning, you were just, you're just smashing right now. So Chubb, Saquon, yep. CMC, CMC, Eckler, Henry, yeah. even even Henry. Yeah, Henry. There was a bunch of options. Yeah. And I, I think I mean even Leonard Fournette, who's yeah. had a pretty good year, right? Even if you but heroed Fournette. He's good enough. That's the that's the perk of Hero, is that yeah. he doesn't have to win you the league, but he's he's putting up points every mm-hmm. single week. He's scoring touchdowns, he's catching passes, and so you can kind of lock in his 10 points, right? Maybe he, sometimes he's going to score more, but yep. you're going to get that score from him. And then you can try to figure out Ramondre and Ken Walker and Jamal Williams and all that after. Right. This is just a, a uh, only blur says no love for Olave. Lots of love for Olave. Yeah. Awesome. Another kind of whiff I had. I don't have a, I don't have a ton of Olave. I thought he was more of a role player, but just, he just falls behind. Uh, I just think Ken, the impact of a Ken Walker pick is higher than the impact of a Chris Olave pick in best ball. And Olave might be one of those guys that's like Garrett Wilson. He might be a little higher than him next year. He might be like a third, fourth rounder. But I think we're going to get an extreme value on him just based on the mm-hmm. offense, and they could be upgrading that offense. The offense might be worse next year too, by the way. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, and they're 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 interesting. They traded they <laughs> they're like the Rams of trading yeah. away future future picks. Best late round pick. Who did who did rookie first? Me or you? Um, you did, and then I just kind of let you go with it because we have the same one. So my thunder got stolen on this from the comments, but it's Taysom Hill, right? Like, there's some other really good picks to this, like Jamal Williams, like we talked about earlier. But Taysom Hill, this particular year, is giving you an edge at a position that nobody has an edge at. Like, other than your Kelsey. Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews teams who – could be dead if he's out for an extended period of time. Like you are picking up so much slack just by picking up Taysom Hill, even if you were getting him when he shot up the board a little bit, but you were getting him 18th round. Like you said, what's most the difference? Of the year. Yeah. Right. What's the difference between a 16th and an 18th rounder? Like not much. So at that point, yeah, it's Taysom Hill. It's easy. Uh, he was mine as well. Everything, every, <laughs> yeah. everything you said was spot on all these awards. Yeah. This is like, I'm like triggering myself because it's all like the dudes who I really wasn't draft. I wasn't drafting a lot of Taysom, but you look back and you're just like the, 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 the floor of an 18th round tight end is mm-hmm. like zero for everybody. They're right. all useless. I yep. drafted Trey McBride. I drafted Daniel Bellinger. I drafted Isaiah Likely. I, I drafted all these bums, right? Mm-hmm. And the the way for them to win me the tournament was so impossible. Taysom's was just to be used like Taysom's always used. Right. You, you know, he, he doesn't even have to play a lot of snaps. He just needs to get 
goal line touches, which he gets every single week. It was a it, it, shout out to the the Davis Maddox of the world who were on this already. And I know some people were giving Davis shit about it. And those people, just like me, need to we need to hold our L's about about Taysom. Mm. He was he was he was the best late round pick in fantasy, arguably the best pick in fantasy, you know, yep. bar none. I think we're going to have different ones for this next one. If we have the same one, it's going to be interesting. But you get to go first on this one. This one, this one is by far the most real, wide open. Real quick, go just ahead. so the chat knows, it's not MVP of the NFL this year. It's MVP for best ball teams. Just a reminder. So I'm piggybacking on your um, strategy, uh, kind of our strategies mm-hmm. together. And I'm I, I, I'm going Jalen Hurts, okay. and I, I think that he he is probably not somebody that most people would say, but it has a lot to do with again kind of how I could construct the team around Jalen Hurts. Do you would you like a zero would you like a, a zero RB team with Ramondre and Ken Walker and Jamal Williams and and these guys with Jalen Hurts? Guess what? You can have it because you don't have to spend a third round pick on Josh Allen, right? Right to get it. Would you like Travis Kelsey on your Jalen Hurts team? You can. Jalen Hurts is not Josh Allen, but he's pretty damn close. Right. And you can and you can get that elite guy in the sixth round. So he he is not necessarily the absolute, you know, best pick above replacement, right? Maybe that's Jamal Williams or Josh Jacobs or Taysom or something like that. Maybe it's one of those guys, like from a raw value perspective. But everything you could do with a Jalen Hurts team, and we saw this coming. Maybe it's because like we've talked about we talked about the Eagles so much. We saw this coming. You could stack him with AJ Brown, who has yep. obviously been a smash. You could stack him with Devonta Smith, who's cheaper, who's been good too. You could stack him with a tight end. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how bad tight end was. Every path to playing Jalen Hurts is a smash. And that's where the value comes in is like he's getting me everything I want at the quarterback position in the sixth round or whatever, which was also, by the way, a horrible zone for the draft. I'm not sure how many six round picks are even actually doing anything uh, in, in fantasy. So the like every Jalen Hurts team looks good, not only because Jalen Hurts is awesome, but because his stacking partners all work. The Eagles are incredible. And mm-hmm. the structure that you could build around Jalen Hurts was unstoppable. Like you want a robust team with Jalen Hurts? It's probably winning. Like, you know, every 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 way you dream up a Jalen Hurts team is a total smash. And and he's a and he's a total smash. And you get to week 17 and you got a Jalen Hurts AJ Brown stack. Are you feeling good? I, I am. I certainly am. So uh it's Jalen Hurts for me. Yeah, and that's like my whole thesis behind the quarterback thing, right? Like of why it's so important to take those guys in that spot. And we're not gonna have it next year, so that kind of sucks. I'm going to go with a name that there's some really good ones in the chat. Like people are saying Tyreek, which is obviously one. He Kelsey, was definitely on. Yep. Kelsey on, on my board. As well. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with one that might like raise an eyebrow real quick until you think about it. And I'm going with Stefan Diggs as my MVP for best ball this year. And here's my reasoning why I knew what I was doing through the first five picks, right? It was going to be one of the top five. We had a top five. My number six guy was Stefan Diggs. 
and then Kelsey. So like if we had a top seven, it would, you know, put the top five, however you want to put them, but then it's Diggs, Kelsey. So what I was doing with Diggs because he would slide in drafts is I'm taking him from the six to the 12 hole. He didn't always fall to the 12, but sometimes he fell down that far. So I'm getting Stefan Diggs from anywhere from the six spot to the 12 spot. So I have a ton of Stefan Diggs. My percentage on him is high and every team's different because I'm drafting him from different spots constantly. Right? So my Stefan Diggs portfolio amongst first round guys is much more vast than it is again with any other player in the first round, probably. So I think that Stefan Diggs is, is my MVP just based on what he's doing right now. He might even be wide receiver one or close to it, right? He's, he's very, very close. Um, I meant to look that particular thing up before we did this show, but he's absolutely crushing right now. And you can, like, just look at your stuff on Diggs' team. And He's wide receiver one if you uh, take out Nuke. Okay. Who only so, played two games. Right. So he's wide receiver one right now. Like, And he was the fourth wide receiver off the board. And there were so many things you could do with him in terms of roster construction. In terms he has of more fantasy him. points than Tyreek Hill, who people are saying is an MVP. And I agree. Tyreek Hill at the 2-3 turn is an MVP candidate. He has more fantasy points th- than right. Tyreek Hill in one less game. Yeah, and he's just not getting the credit because he just always does it, right? Like Stefan, he scores twenty every week. He scores twenty every week. He's insane. It's absolutely insane. Every look, I own more Gabe Davis bags than anyone on the planet, Mm -hmm. and I watch Stefan Diggs. I watch every Bills game. I watch Stefan Diggs, and I'm just like, yep, hundred and a touchdown, hundred and a touchdown every week. You're just like, yep, he did it again. You know, he he just he does it every week. He's the best player. Him and Josh Allen, Josh. Right, we can we can argue about that. He's the best player on the best offense yep. that throws more than anyone else in the league, and we were able to get him, like you said, anywhere from six to twelve, depending upon the draft, depending upon the site. DraftKings, you know, if you played more on DraftKings, Diggs was the easiest guy to get overweight on. Sometimes yep. you could get him in the early second. It was fucking egregious. Yeah, like he, he he is an absolute smash. He's the wide receiver one that you got at the wide receiver four price, which say whatever you want about that. But he unlocked, like you said, it's like the Hertz thing at a different position. I could get him whenever I wanted. You could absolutely get digs whenever you wanted. And he unlocked everything for your team. Do you you want Saquon with him? Do you want Chubb with him? Do you want Andrews with him? Do you want sometimes you could on DraftKings, you could get Kelsey with him. I got Diggs Kelsey teams, which is a cheat code, an absolute cheat code. So I totally agree with the Diggs thing. And we probably should have been taking him more in the top half of the of the draft spots too. I'm not saying every time because we want to get our exposure to some of those guys in the front end. Like we wanted our CMCs. We wanted our I mean, I wasn't really crazy about Taylor this year, but I mean we want Cup, we want Chase, but mixing in a Diggs team just to get super unique with a Diggs team by drafting them, you know, at the 103 or the 104, mixed in with getting him six through 12. And now when you look at your Diggs portfolio, it's unlike any other player in that first 16 picks, right? Because you could just do anything you wanted with Stefan Diggs. You wanted a Diggs Saquon team, you got it, right? You wanted a Diggs Tyreek Hill team, you could get it. Like 
any combination you wanted with Stefan Diggs was possible. So that's that's why I'm putting Stefan Diggs as my MVP. I love that we took kind of the same route, different players, but it was yep. the same route to MVP where it was like people might say, These motherfuckers are crazy. <laughs> uh they, they like, might, might they, they, yeah, <laughs> that is true they do say that yeah. um but they they like everybody has different judgments for what they put on value and that's totally fine but people might say you know this guy exceeded his draft cost by which is probably like jamal williams it's like it's like jamal williams Taysom, ramondre mm-hmm something like that are like the guys that like exceeded their draft costs by so much with their production. But the real MVP is the guy that like unlocks the, the, the winning teams for you. And like, yes, Jamal Williams can help you. Right. But like he didn't, he didn't create the zero RB team. You could draft Jamal Williams on a, robust team and he's like almost kind of useless like you know what i mean like you have saquon and chubb and these guys on a jamal williams team it's really not beneficial but when you draft the elite quarterback or you draft the when you draft the wide receiver one way overweight the field the value on those guys is just is just crazy so i'm interested to see you know we'll obviously do something like this again after the season is over, I'm interested to see kind of some of the differences because uh, clearly the MVP will be different. It'll be probably like whoever scores the most points in week 17. But I think right. I, 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 I think this was a really fun exercise. It actually helped me to like kind of level my head about where everything is in best ball, thinking through these like some of them are silly, but some of them are like the MVP thing was like I could have just easily done like you could just do Taysom. Yeah, you know, and no one would bat an eye, but I think that that probably isn't thoughtful enough. And I'm gonna fight only Blur in the in the chat who said that's why I love buying for because he loved AJ Brown in the offseason just as much as I did. No other fantasy content creator was on top of that. What did you not see my percentages of AJ Brown? I'm at like 25% AJ Brown. Okay, we're gonna take Rob off because he's. Uh, I appreciate you only Blur. I agree with everything that you're saying right now. Good job. That's a great comment. We're going to bring that back up one more time. <laughs> the only guy is Eric for. I'm sitting here with literally, you know, over 20% AJ Brown. Like, come on. Come on. I, d- we- I did get to, I did get to, I think 24% AJ, AJ Brown. So I do, I do appreciate, I, I do appreciate the comment. Only blur, only blur. I, I, I am a, I like to fuck around, but I am humble enough to know that I'm not the only person <laughs> that was that was in on uh, that was in on AJ Brown. But but people were scared think, of Brown. People, people were, were scared. scared of the Eagles. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And it was like, I mean, shout out to our 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 good friend Ben Gretch, who is you know AJ Brown or die, and he's absolutely right. Like the dude is top five wide receiver in the NFL. And we were able to get him in the early third round. Like, what the fuck are we doing? He's the Nick Chubb of wide receivers. Like, what the right. fuck are you doing? Right. Just take a why? Why is AJ Brown in the early third round and CD Lamb is at the one-two turn? Explain it that. Literally to me. didn't make sense. It literally no. didn't make sense. And I that was the one I kind of knew. Like, if I'm gonna like call myself out on not getting enough Chubb, the one I did know was AJ Brown over CD Lamb, and I'm pretty uh pretty happy about that. Uh, this is awesome. Derek, Derek says, uh, can we get a hurry the F up award for Jamison Williams? I, I, I agree. 
I, I would agree with that. I love, uh, I love Jameson Williams. We did, we did. Let's get out of here with um, the biggest bag. We did, we didn't do the biggest bag. Um, whoever, whoever recommended, shout out to you in the chat who recommended uh, the the biggest bag holder award or however we want to phrase it. Um, I'll, I, I can, I can go ahead and uh, go first. You would also think this might be Kyle Pitts, but just, Kyle Pitts is just goddamn blessed that he plays tight end. Because he would be the answer to all these fucking <laughs> awful, biggest shit show, Kyle Pitts, biggest bust, Kyle Pitts. He, he, it would be him if he if he was a wide like if he was a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, it would be it would be over. But uh, biggest bag, it for me, Daryl Henderson. Mm. We talked about this last week as well a little bit. You get the thesis of Daryl Henderson right on the team that won the fucking Super Bowl last year. And they're like 1B to the Broncos in terms of shit show. Mm -hmm. They can't run. They're rotate. Ronnie Rivers is is starting football games. They're playing Malcolm Brown over over Daryl Henderson. The Rams are an absolute mess. And I, I I really don't know how to see that one coming. I guess like I, I am kind of an O line stickler, and that was like a concern, but not this level of concern. I didn't yeah. think it was going to tank the team to like, you know, uh, picking in the top ten. At, they're a mess, and I, you would think that having Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers is going to sit out the rest of the season. If you have I have thirty five percent Daryl Henderson and BBM, this is like the dream, and he's useless. He's absolutely useless. So I'm sitting on thirty five percent Daryl Henderson, and uh, I might as well just punted that off. I was real close to Cam Akers being my biggest bag because I thought we have the number one running back in one of what was going to be one of the better offenses. But I could never press the button on him. Well, not enough. I took some of him, but he was in the range of all the quarterbacks and some other guys that I liked. And People I was just got saved. And I was included by I his got, ADP. Yeah, I got saved big time because I was looking for ways to do it. I was like, "How mm-hmm. do I get Same. more game makers?" Right? Like, and I never did it. Like, I never got to the level that I thought I was gonna. My biggest bag. It really hurts to say, and it's like injury related but it's Javante Williams that bag hurts a lot because the capital that I was giving up around players that I really liked like I still I'm overweight on Tyreek Hill still I'm still overweight on AJ Brown I'm underweight on Mark Andrews and a lot of that's because of Javante Williams right um because they were going right in the same area and I Mm -hmm. went overweight on Javante but I also know that this is like part of the strategy that I'm trying to employ where I want to be overweight on guys. So I feel great that I'm overweight on Stefan Diggs. I feel great that I'm overweight on AJ Brown. But if I'm doing this strategy, there's going to be parts that hurt throughout the year. And the main one right now is Javante Williams. I mean, Dearness is an easy answer, but we all knew what was going to, we all knew the thesis behind that pick, right? Like, so I'm not going to, that's like the easy way out. Javante Williams is the big one right now, but because he might not even be great if he was playing based on the way the team's going. Yeah. So I could still be saying that even if he's healthy. I'm, I'm putting honorable mention for me though, for Trey Lance, they, these motherfuckers traded for Christian McCaffrey and Mm -hmm. I drafted their quarterback (laughs) who, who is the only thing he can do is like run. And like, this would be the way that he would smash Debo Samuel, 
Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, my highest, highest, with Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, and my highest owned quarterback is set up for this situation, and he broke his ankle in week in week three, and he didn't even give me a ceiling performance before we he had he played in a, a monsoon and then was totally average before he was out of here. It's like. You know, it's easy. It's easy to say the injury, the 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 injured guys, but I agree that um, Javante is tough. Trey Lance is tough. Looking like you look back and like, God, man, like if you could replace, like I said, my I have a I have a CMC Chubb Saquon robust running back team that I, that that is like that has great, literally good, like it's loaded. It's one of my best BBM three teams, and it has Trey Lance. Like yeah. it has Ayuk. It was a Lance Ayuk stack, which looks Ayuk looks off. Ayuk looks amazing, and yeah. it has CMC. It has CMC for extra 49ers. It's like, you know, you look back on that, and it, it is Who's what it is. That's how, on that team. Daniel Jones. Oh no. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If yeah. if we had a if we had a even if I had like Fields, I would say like okay maybe I got a shot, but it does it doesn't have a shot. But um, yeah, the bags are tough. This just is what it is. That's right. that's the part of that's the part of uh, taking stands. I think I have two awards. I'm gonna fly through real quick. I that I didn't share with you. I have the you kind of tried award, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. They kind of tried to do something with this offense. Didn't work. Kind of tried. Didn't fully try. Kind of tried. And the team I'm most looking forward to next year award, which is after today, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That team. Oh yeah, Ridley. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't talk Rid- about him. Yet. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, um, ETN. I don't think I was fully wrong on him yet. I'm not willing to say that I would have still been comfortable drafting third round ETN at the moment. Probably going to be changing by the end of the year. But looking to next year, when you have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, um, possibly Evan Ingram. I don't know what his contract deal is over there. One year, Travis- but yeah, but still. But Zay. they can probably get them. Zay, like that that offense, I think is going to be our most hyped offense in the offseason next year. Yep. Everybody's going to love uh Josh Norris. Shout out to Josh from Underdog. I know he's a big Lawrence fan. Mm-hmm. You start you you put you put Calvin Ridley out there and Christian Kirk out there and these guys out there with Lawrence. Josh is going to love him some uh some some Lawrence. The uh can can I throw one into the uh, uh well for for next year? I really I really like the uh the Jags one, but it's the Lions. It's the Lions for me. Mm-hmm. Um, getting rid of Hawk is whatever. He's he's just like he's a dude to me. Swift, Amon Ra, Jamison Williams. Is DJ Chark just a one year? I think he's just a one year. Yeah, I think he's a one year but, deal. But I think they're setting themselves up to get one of these quarterbacks. And yep. they that, like I think they're just gonna load up. I think next year is gonna be the like we were we've been for probably been waiting for the Lions. We've been waiting for Swift. Amon Ross is still gonna be good, but I think the whole Lions are scary because they might shut it down mm-hmm. later in this best ball season. And I think next year is gonna be like we're gonna be really excited about the it might even be like a golf transition to uh CJ Stroud or something, but I think we're gonna be excited. And the 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 how about <laughs> The the uh, what, what was the what was the first one? Uh, Thanks for trying or, or the something you, like the that. The you kind of tried award. This would be a uh, my pivot to a you never tried the Houston Texans. <laughs> yeah. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Why show just just forfeit? 
They're yeah. not even fucking trying, dude. They're just handing it off to Damian Pierce 20 times and like pretending like, oh, look, we found our running back of the future. Like, congratulations. You found a running back of the yeah. future. Like, and yeah. you didn't trade Brandon Cooks. Why, why, why did you not trade Brandon Cooks? You're the worst team in the NFL. And he wants to be gone. He tweeted about it. Like yep. it, 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 it's an absolute, they're an absolute joke. Like they, if they have been for years, if you're going to rebuild at least like the Oklahoma city thunder for any NBA fan, they have let their intentions be known. Mm-hmm. Like you draft Shea Gilgis Alexander in, in an NBA basketball, you know what you got yourself into, right? The Texans are like, they just sit here and fuck around the whole season. And per- like, you didn't trade brand. You're tanking obviously and you didn't trade brandon cooks like what 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 are we doing here like what what is the point of this entire season just just forfeit show up next year let let the let all your shitty division opponents get a win and move on there's no reason for them to even play the games there it's pathetic at least the other teams like these bat the lions these bad teams they battle dude the, the lion the lions don't quit ever the texans show up and it's fucking over before the game even starts like you thought last year was bad this year with the Texans even worse it's 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 worse they used to have Deshaun they were they're two years removed from having Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller DeAndre Hopkins and all these guys and now they they might as well quit every single game the Texans make football worse for all of us did you see what this week's Thursday night football game is? Yeah, the Eagles are going to hang 60. <laughs> the Eagles are going to hang if if Sirianni gives a shit, he'll hang 60 on these losers. The Texans are pathetic. They they're pretty bad. And they've been bad since the Bill O'Brien trades. Remember when they traded 15 first round picks to the Dolphins? Like that was egregious. It just they I'm glad I'm not a Houston Texans fan. I'm glad I, I feel don't bad. I do feel bad for the Texans fans, yeah. Yeah, they they they're getting shafted, and it's going to be years before they can dig out of this hole. Five years, probably. Yeah, right. And and like you said, they got a running back. Great. By the time you're ready to do anything, he's going to be a dust ball, right? Like it's there's there's no point to have that position. If three more years of Damian Pierce, they're not going to be good in three years. <laughs> right. That's the point, and and it sucks for him, right? Like it sucks for him too. It's just it's a bad situation all around. Any, I mean, the Will Fuller comments in the chat for like biggest bag is a good one, but we've established that he's not a real person, so we can't really pick him. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. Any, um, any kind of closing award thoughts or whatever you tossed your last one, your kind of off the off the cuff ones, and I don't, I don't think I have anything. You talked about your best scoring best ball team. I'm sad because Mayan has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I was really, really hoping for that Hunt trade for that team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm fine for it. You? I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to – I'm just excited to kind of do this show again. In the, the I, I started – we started a show uh, today that was, like, a, like I said, a best ball review on mm-hmm. uh, at, at lunchtime on Tuesday. So the, the week will wrap up and we'll kind of – I'll get in and – I'll pull up some of my teams and review, right? So like one week the Josh Jacobs teams might get reviewed. And then this week we don't want to look at we don't want to look at the Josh Jacobs teams because he scored five points. We want right. to look at the CM we want to look at the CMC teams. You know, this week I want to look at the Kadarius Tony teams after he gets traded. We'll have people from the chat posting their teams. So if you want to join us uh Tuesdays at lunchtime, 
to hang out and kind of walk through some teams, talk about some of the most notable players. I'm excited to do that moving forward, but kind of piggybacking on that with this show, like, you know, we're two months away from knowing how this whole thing's going to play out. And like, I'm just fascinated to see what we said, you know, week 18, what are, what are we saying about a lot of the stuff that we talked about today? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's all binary. Mm-hmm. You made the finals or you didn't. And then once you made the finals, did you have Jamar Chase? Oh, you didn't? Tough shit. Move on to 2023, you know? And so mm-hmm. that that whole part of this game is so fascinating to me. Like, it's fun to talk about it week to week. The roller coaster is crazy. You have Josh Jacobs for those first three weeks. You don't feel very good. You have Josh Jacobs for the next three weeks. You feel like, you know, yeah, you're top you're of the, the world. Key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and And then you're going to get to week 17 if he sucks. You don't care in again. And it's like that that whole part of the game is just absolutely the most fascinating part to me. So that's what we're going to try to dig into more, I think, over the course of these these next couple of months is kind of can we learn something from this roller coaster? You know what I mean? Like right. we're we're all tilting or celebrating every like Sunday was the greatest Sunday of the week or it's greatest Sunday of the year for, for me, you know, all mm-hmm. of these late round running backs are smashing, everything worked. Kyle Pitts finally had a good game. It was awesome, but like does that really mean anything to our win equity? I don't know. And so we're going to try to figure that out here. Yeah. We're going to crack the code by the end of next year and we're going to win every tournament. Exactly. All right. So for myself, for Eric Bimefor, for these MVP and all the other mid-year best ball awards, we will catch you next week. Peace.